This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Kerry Dixon Show with uh, me, Mr. Stamford Chidge, and of course the uh, the Chelsea legend that is Kerry Dixon. And of course this show is in association with ChelseaFan12.com, the home of the 12th man, the fan. Uh, and do check them out. They've got some uh, great uh, memorabilia, signed shirts from current players and uh, former players like Kerry himself. And, uh, and also they do a fantastic video uh, at the Butcher's Hook after every home game with uh, Ron Chopper-Harris and Gary Chivers. And uh, they are on Twitter as well, so you can follow them there at Fan12Chelsea. All good stuff. And, uh, of course, how are you, Kerry? Are you well? I'm fine, thanks, guys. Yes, indeed. Were you there last night at the uh, the Huddersfield game? I was there, uh, yeah. Um, What do you say? Where'd you start? Yeah, where do you start? Um, I suppose it's the start of what I was half expecting anyway. Um, <clears throat> when we did a final summing up in the season, uh, but I didn't expect it to start quite like last night. I thought we'd win the game. Um, I'm not going to say well done to Huddersfield, but, <laughs> but well done to Huddersfield um, for staying in the Premier League. It wasn't just about last night. Overall, they've managed to uh, um, retain their place for next season, so congratulations on that one. But uh, obviously, this show's not about that. Uh, where do we start? Disappointing. Um, you know, we're looking to get a Champions League place. Um, can't beat Huddersfield at home, a team that is threatened with relegation. Uh, we don't deserve a Champions League place. That's, that's basically it in a nutshell, before we, from my perspective anyway, before we um, dissect uh, that particular statement and I'm sure we will during the course of the show. Mate, I think I think you've just done the whole show in a sentence. We can we can now go to the pub. 
<laughs> so there you go. You've pretty much done it all. I mean, where do you start? Indeed. I mean, I think I think the first thing. I mean, I, I you know, annoyingly for me, I wasn't able to be there last night because I have to work in Southampton on a Wednesday until half six, and I just can't get there in time, which is very very frustrating yeah. for me. But um, I did watch it on the TV, obviously. And, and and of course, it gives you the opportunity to to kind of follow the match on on social media and stuff as well. Not necessarily a good thing, I hasten to add. Uh, but you know, everybody was absolutely flabbergasted that uh, that he'd made six changes to a team that had played so well in beating Liverpool. And I mean, you know, we did our our Monday night fan cast after the Liverpool game, obviously, and and we were ecstatic because it it wasn't just that we were still in with a sniff of uh, of top four, which we didn't expect. It was also because we felt that we had played really, really well, and it had worked really well. The, the, the system, I know you're not a big fan of systems, but I thought the three-five-two had worked well. I thought Bakayoko had finally turned up. I thought that Cahill was good, Moses good. A lot of the players that have taken a lot of heat this year all look good. And, you know, what he says that they need a rest. I can't believe that these players need a rest with only three games to go, Kerry. What's going on? No, I think it was a slap in the face and it was a statement from the manager personally. Um, I think it was, there you go. Um, I, I mean, we around, I'll give everyone a game. I think, uh, like I've said before, I think the manager has, whether it happens or not, remains to be seen because it's never, things never happen until they happen. But I think he resigned himself to what he feels is uh, what the season is and I think it was a slap in the face. I mean, if I was one of the six that was, uh, for example, Giroud, it was... Uh, Rested, who surely don't need a rest. He's been rested for Arsenal for most of the season. He's been rested for Chelsea for the time he's been here an awful lot. Plays a, a good game, scores the winner, and then gets rested. I yeah. mean, that's, I, I, you know, it beggars belief for me. Um, uh, as a player, what, what do you say? Do we go in to see the manager and say, what's going on? Oh, I'm resting, you're giving someone else a chance. Come on, boss. What, what, you know, it, what, what's it all about? Um, I think it was just one of them statements from him before the game, well, what is he missing him for? for Sunday? Uh, for the weekend? What, the cup final? It's, uh, I think it was a slap and I think it was a statement. I'm not saying he put out a team that deserved to lose. Um, he put out a team that would obviously go out and try and win. I mean, all them players that, were, that came in um, would obviously try what he considers their best. But it, it's not the way to, uh, you know, to chase after a Champions League spot. You know, the old, what happened to the old age? I, I never agreed with this rotating system. That's another thing I don't agree with in modern football. Resting and rotating and giving everyone a game. and Just because they, if you're in position, if you're scoring goals and you're playing well, you stay on the side. You know, you want to play. You can't wait till the next game. Not to be rested. I mean, I'd be sick if it was me. Um, you know, I'd, I'd be thinking about transfer. I think I can't play for this guy. I, I really would. You know, I could, you score, you go well, play good. Yeah, that's my own perspective in the way modern football is. Um, if you buy into it, you know you get paid the wages. You play as and when you, you accept it, and that's the way you brought up. That's the culture you're in. You might you might have it a little easier. Um, it wouldn't rest easy on my shoulders. And you know, when I look at when I say modern football, I'm going to talk about now. You know, I've said before, Dogba, Lampard, Terry, they never got rested when they were in Chelsea and winning things. So, you know, 30, 40 games a season. Um, it, it just beggars belief. Uh, Make six changes. I mean, what, what, what is he trying to do? I'll give you a chance because I can't work it out, mate, but I, I have an idea. 
Yeah, well, I mean, me too. And I, I think the idea is that he doesn't want to be there. And and that really that really upsets me in a way, actually, because, I mean, you know, funnily enough, Marco, who you know very well, I mean, he, he and I have been saying much yeah. the same thing for the last few weeks, that, look, you know, OK, it's not been brilliant this season, but, uh, you know, if you look at all the people that are, are rumoured to, to, to be coming to, you know, to be managing Chelsea next season, n- none of them really, I don't think, are any better than Conte when he's at his best and he's on it. So I agree with you. I think there's something mysterious going on. Listen, all of that aside, um, you know, no, there, you know, this is Huddersfield. This is a team that uh, that were facing relegation. Okay, they're going to be well up for it and they're going to battle for their lives and fair play to them, they did. They also got a good result against City, didn't they, at the weekend, which nobody yeah. expected. So they weren't going to be a pushover, I get that. But let's face it, that team that Chelsea put out should have been good enough to beat them and and to be honest, they absolutely dominated the match. But yet again, Kerry, it seemed that our it's our finishing that's let us down again. Um, you know, is it is, is it that is it is it that simple or is it or is it really just the fact that our squad depth isn't what it used to be? I think a bit of both. Mm. Um, the overriding factor I said last week is is the fact that our top goal scorer has got what fifteen goals in total, uh, eleven in the league or thirteen in the league or whatever it is. Um, it, I don't think that even Hazard either. Um, and, you know, our centre forward, Alvaro Morata, £60 million worth, is at the moment returning something like uh, with, with 11 or 12 goals. It's worth about £5 million a goal so far this season. Um, not a good return at all. And, you know, uh, I've been saying for a while since he came, I, I quite like Giroud. Not really been given a chance, but um, I don't know what his goals per game ratio is, but. You know, I, I still quite like the bloke. I'm not saying he's the answer to take us to the Champions League football next year and, you know, until the Premier League title. But I'm certainly saying um, on what, he seems, what I've seen since he's come, he's worth a shout. I, you know, we're, we're talking about a team that is basically three players different from the Championship side. I am repeating myself, I know. Uh, championship winning side. And, you know, and the overriding factor is you can't get away from it. If you start to look at stats, and one appeared for me recently is that uh, I think up until yesterday, we'd only conceded um, one more goal, and you can check it out for me, one more goal, uh, than the, the, the side that won the championship last year. Um, but the difference of about 24 goals at the other end um, tells its own story. And therein lies the answer as far as I'm concerned. You know, finishing or whatever, you can put it down to whoever. Um, and I'm not laying the blame totally at Morata's uh, door, but you know, I've always said, and you know, I stand or fall by what what I, what, what I do, what my actions are, and, and, and what I say. And you hand your CV, and you're a striker. If you turn up and get 11 goals a season, I'll be very, very disappointed with me. Um, and, and and that's the way it is, for injuries or otherwise. And I know he's injured a couple of months. Listen, we've all been injured. I was injured. I'm not going to go into the bar. I was injured for two months, two and a half months of the season, sitting up with 23. <laughs> so, you know, like you say, different type of football, different whatever. He didn't get rested and all the rest of it. But come on, you know, you need a better return than what we're getting. And uh, when you think our fullback, Marcus Alonso, I think he's got seven goals. A fullback who's in four behind the centre forward. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think it, I, you know, there were, there were some very interesting moments last night and, uh, you know, Morata. Uh, 
you know, let's face it. Why did he get a game last night? Well, quite. I mean, why did did he get a game? What what could possibly be the thought pattern behind that change? I I don't get it, mate. I mean, apart from a, a, a dose of sabotage from Conte, I really do not understand it. I mean, I was about, funnily enough, I was going to write an article uh, today uh, really praising Giroud in in how he almost single-handedly has lifted the season from from February. And he he has. I mean, you know, from the moment he came on against Southampton away and scored a couple of goals, you know, he's, he's really shown his leadership qualities and done what you really need your top striker to do. You know, get get the goal against Liverpool, for example, and to give us this sniff of top four, which let's face it, we we'd all given up on after after West Ham, I think. Um, so the guy's in form. He's and as you said, he's hardly played much this season. He cannot be tired. So why, as a manager, would you change it? You know, you've got Newcastle coming up on Sunday, who are going to be on the beach already. You know, and you've got an FA Cup final a week later. I just, I really, Kerry, I cannot understand it, and I've been watching football. A long time, and I am baffled by this. Um, I'm glad you mentioned Alonso because you know you're right. I mean, he he was the furthest forward for most of the the game yesterday. Have you ever seen a more bizarre goal than than his goal, which basically was a ricochet off his nose? I mean, it was crazy, wasn't it? Well, you know, he's up there. He's one of the pluses for me this season, Um, and he has been since he's come. I've got to be honest, Marcus Alonso. He's not an Ashley Cole. I'll tell you what, I, I quite like the fella. And, uh, you know, it was mentioned uh, about replacements and, and people coming in and Emerson. And different. I, I quite like Alonso. And, uh, you know, he hasn't done an awful lot wrong. Um, I'm quite happy with him. And, you know, it doesn't surprise me that he gets a goals or assists. Because uh, he does create an awful lot with his forward thrust down the left-hand side. And, you know, I think he's a decent all-round player. Um I'm 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 quite happy with him, uh, Alonso. But for me, one of the pluses of the season. And you know, when I start to look and think about player of the year, I mean, I think that's happening. I think it's tonight. Yeah. Um, Chelsea's player of the year, but um, I'm not really sure who, who who would be the contenders. You know, uh, haven't really given it a thought because you know, it wouldn't it, Champions League chase and the cup final were the big to the forefront of my mind, but. Player of the year, I think Alonso uh, at, at the moment can take and obviously be in a lot of people's thoughts. But I mean, it's only you know his job. He's done his job. He, I don't suppose he's done any different from last year. The difference being that the team won the league, so he's player of the year. But you know, he doesn't add a lot for me going forward. He does his job, and his job is what it is, and so we accept that. But if that constitutes player of the year, well, it did. It did do last season, but. but not for me this year. I, I always look for that little bit extra and uh, defensive midfield players would never ever get my vote. But Marcus Alonso would be serious about that. So I can't think of anyone else. I'm I'm really glad to hear you say that about Alonso because I've been banging on about this for weeks as well. I, you know, I think everybody, and I think this is an indictment of modern support, let alone modern football. But I think people are very quick to look at what people can't do as opposed to what they can do. And, they, and you know, it's always, oh, he can't run, he's not very fast. Oh, he can't tackle and defend, he never gets back. But, you know, he, I think he's a really intelligent player, actually. And uh, I, I've often, uh, I mean, you know, people like, uh, dare I say it, Teddy Sheringham, who, who never had any pace, but would always find himself in, in the right place at the right time. And I think Alonso's got, got a bit of that about him. But the other thing that impresses me most about him, Kerry, is his technique. 
He is an incredibly skillful player. The number of times you see him, you know, take control of the ball very quickly or, or, or very, you know, he's got very quick feet and he can beat a man. Um, but that volley against Liverpool, if that had gone in the net, that would have been the goal of the season, mate. So I agree with you about Alonso. I really do. Um, I, I now have to confess that I actually voted for Kante in the player of the year. But I'll tell you. I, I don't doubt that. <laughs> you know I, I me. I don't doubt that because it's, it's the option. It's the same thing. It's the easy option for yeah. everyone. Even Haggard is probably our best player. Yeah. He was our best player up until, say, January. Yeah. And then for some reason, he's gone off. Um, that, you know, it all stopped. And, you know, I said about the Barcelona game with Hazard, but Hazard's our best player. Yeah. Um, just needs to be more consistent, as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, I'd hate to see him leave, and I think we'd be banging trouble. Um, but, you know, in terms of consistency and player of the year, um, I'm, I'm hard pressed to go further than Alonso. I'm, I'm, and I've been thinking while you were talking, and that might be where my vote might, would end up. Yeah. I mean, look, to be honest, the reason I, I voted for Kante was because, you know, I, I, one thing I appreciate most about, about players and always have is, you know, okay, yes, I know it's kind of player of the year, so it kind of indicates that it should be the guy who's been the best player. But, you know, Con- Kante for me is the one player who was put in 100% every match. And, and, you know, that's what I demand and crave from my football players. So there was a bit of that going on, but... Well, no, go on. Disrespect. You, 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 no disrespect. Well, sorry, couldn't talk about it. You could have voted for Branislav. You could have voted for Branislav Ivanovic every, day, every yeah. season. Yeah. True enough. True enough. I know. Well, I'm just weird like that, Kerry, or old fashioned. I'm not sure which. <laughs> <laughs> You're not weird, mate. You're not weird at all. Nothing wrong with playing well every week. No, indeed. It's like it's like Paolo Ferreira. You know, he was a very big favourite of mine, and, and and I was delighted when Mourinho. You know, came out and said he's he's the his kind of player. You know, he he's never going to get an, a nine or a ten for a game, but he always gets seven. You know, and I, I I've always liked players like that. But there you go. Probably because I was crap and had no flair, so I've got some empathy with them. I don't know. Uh, look, talking of appreci- talking of appreciation of players. Um, now again, I wasn't there, so it's it's hard for me to comment in a way. But I, I I from what I understand, you know, as always with the last home game of the season, the club you know, get the players and the manager out for a kind of a, a lap of honour or, or a lap of appreciation. And, uh, of course, not not least because I think most of the supporters that were there were really gutted uh, last yeah. night because, you know, we genuinely, you know, uh, you know, we were really, really believing that we might be able to do it. Uh, and, of course, they were gutted. And, of course, you know, it was a midweek game, so people have to get home. You know, kids are there. They've got to go to school the next day. So, basically, that you know, there were only a few thousand people left in the stadium which kind of felt a bit embarrassing to me. But, you know, I was kind of wondering from a player's perspective, actually, is there one chance to kind of come out and acknowledge the crowd and get a bit of acknowledgement back? I mean, how would you have felt in those circumstances? I'm not sure I'd have come out. Um, I, I, would have come and, I would have come out from the perspective of um, showing the appreciation from the players' side to the fans that have stayed behind to, to do exactly the same to the players. So from that, from that point of view, fine. But... Um, in terms of going out there and seeing that the majority of the crowd have gone um, and then trying to put on it's been a great season after they've always at home with a relegate, a team that's back in relegation and their fans were going nuts and celebrating with their manager and, and all the rest of it. Um, you, would have, you would do it. It's the same as when you lose away from home and, and, and supporters have travelled to Bolton, say, for example, in midweek and there's uh, 3,000 or 2,000 of them up there. You, you go over at the end of the game, whether you play good, bad, or indifferent, um, and you 
give them a clap and say thanks for your support. Sorry about the performance. Um, try and do better next time, effectively. Uh, you don't just slump off your rib down and go down the tunnel. Uh, a show of appreciation for what they're putting in. I've said all along, all season, it's a club, and I include support, and I include everyone, and we've all got to appreciate each other. Obviously, it's easy to be euphoric when we've won the trophy and everyone stays, and, you know, um, madness is booming out, and, you know, blue is the colour and all the rest of it, but the reality is um, it wasn't that last night. No one felt like it, and it is hard. Um, what would I have felt like, I don't know, uh, but I always, there always was... Um, a show of appreciation for the support for the season, as indeed uh, the supporters um, invariably did, or did 99% of the time, for the efforts of the players. Um, so, what would I have done? I probably would have gone out. What would I have felt? For those that have stayed, thank you very much, did um, did my bit and probably disappeared down the tunnel then. Hmm. I think it was a shame, actually. I think I think it was disappointing all round, and I, I think maybe the club could have had a bit of a think about it. And uh, I mean, you know, had we won, maybe it would have been different. But I, I do think that a lot of people would have had to have got away anyway, and perhaps it would have been better, you know, to do it on on a Saturday or a Sunday, as it was in fact, a home match would have made more sense to me. But there you go. I, I you know, I, weirdly, I kind of felt disappointed for the players, really. You know, whatever's gone on this season, you know, we're, we're there to support them. And I, and I think it was a shame that there was only a few thousand there to kind of acknowledge that. But there you go. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK, in all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Um, right, just a quick uh, plug for uh, the Chelsea Fancast's radio show on Love Sport Radio, which will be on this Friday, as ever, between 7 o'clock and 9pm, and uh, it will be the same lineup as we had on Monday. You see, unlike Conte, your Uncle Chidge doesn't believe in squad rotation, and if they put in a good performance, he has them on the Friday show as well. So it will be me, Jonathan Kidd, and Mark Worrell, 
and we'll be no doubt talking about this again and having a look forward to Newcastle and all sorts of Chelsea-related things as well. Of course, the best thing that, uh, about the show is is that you can actually phone in and tell us what load of rubbish we're talking. So <laughs> please do. We love hearing from you. The number to call is 0208 70 20 558. And uh, the uh, Love Sport radio station is broadcast on 558 AM and the DAB digital channels. And you can also listen to it through your radio player and tune-in apps and of course lovesportradio.com so there you go um, right uh, we have got the last match last Premier League match of the season of course on Sunday Kerry uh, we were all hoping that our uh, unbeaten run would continue and then we'd end up playing uh, a Newcastle side that are on the beach and uh, and hopefully uh, Tottenham would have screwed up or Liverpool but it, it all seems a bit different now but you know I <laughs> You know, it's it's classic Chelsea, really. You know, we get a bit despondent at times. But the reality is, you know, it, I, I know it's mission impossible. But, you know, if we beat Liverpool, uh, if we beat Newcastle and Brighton beat Liverpool, we'll still be in the top four. It's quite remarkable that we can even still be saying this. But, uh, you know, A, first of all, do you, do you see it happening? Do you see us beating Newcastle? But more to the point, do you see Brighton beating Liverpool? I do see us beating Newcastle. I think it's uh, it's a possibility. Um, and I also see us uh, slumping and, and, and Newcastle being up for the game in front of their supporters. <laughs> yes. uh, last game of the season and us getting getting routed. Yeah. I, I could see both. Um, I, I, it depends. The season has been a strange one from day one. Burnley at home, you know, um, team that's come up. We get done by them on, on our own patch of champions. Um, it could happen either way. Um, in reality, I saw, I saw it the same as you, beating Huddersfield last night, put the cat amongst the pigeons, still not expecting it, but keeping two um, two other clubs in, in the mix, if you like. Yeah. But uh, no, it's just Liverpool at home to Brighton. I can't see it, but there will be one, because they've got the Champions League final, and, you know, and we've got the FA Cup final. There's just a little bit of doubt, and I'm sure there'll be a, you know, a few radios um, and a few messages in and around Anfield. Um, how are Chelsea doing? Are they winning? We need to up our game. I think they'll win. I think Liverpool beat Brighton. Mm. But there'll be a little bit of anxiety if it does start to go wrong. Like Brighton scored against City, you know, made it one all, and all of a sudden, oh, hold on, hold on, what could this happen? Could it? Um, it's a possibility, but I don't see it happening. Yeah, really. I agree with that. I mean, I don't see it happening, but anything can happen. It is football, and it is Chelsea. I mean, it's funny actually because I was uh, I was talking to uh, Jason Cundy and Goldstein on the, on their on their talk sports show on Tuesday, and uh, you know, Jason and I were obviously still very excited about having beaten Liverpool. Both were saying, "Well, we don't really expect uh, the impossible to happen." You know, and I said that being Chelsea, we're as likely to to completely stuff Huddersfield, but also we're just as likely to turn up and get beaten by them. So you know, this is this is this is the trials and tribulations of being a Chelsea supporter. I'm afraid, you know, it's you never quite know what's going to happen. I tell you what, though, you said that you made a really interesting point earlier on, actually, and I think if we were totally honest with ourselves, this this needs to be said. You know, yes, there is a very, very, very slight kind of one in a hundred chance that we might uh, still scrape into the top four. But I think in our heart of hearts, do we really deserve it? You know, have we played well enough to be in the top four? I mean, ultimately, the table doesn't lie. And just to kind of, uh, you know, um, exemplify this, you know, we've lost, uh, this is at home, we've lost to Burnley, drawn, drawn against Leicester, lost against Bournemouth, 
drawn against West Ham, drawn against Huddersfield, and away we've lost against Watford, West Ham, Palace, and drawn against Everton. I mean, you know, and I saw another stat somewhere saying we've dropped 20 points at home. You know, that's not the kind of form that really earns you the right to be in the top four in my book. No, it certainly isn't, and we don't deserve to be. I mean, you look at the sides above us, um, and, you know, do they deserve to be? Well, Liverpool have had a great run, Champions League final, didn't start the season good, but, you know, they, I think they brought Van Dijk, and he did do something for them. I'm not saying he's, he's the reason, because the front three have been amazing for them, but they arguably deserve to be in the top four. Tottenham, you know, Harry Kane's done his normal 30-odd goals, and, you know, they played exciting football. They, you know, did well in the Champions League, as, as well as we did. Um, same same level. Um, yeah, generally scored loads of goals and played some exciting football at times. And the two above, Manchester United, and Jose is looking at, and I hear some of his quotes today saying some of his players aren't good enough. He's looking to get more players in, which is what he says every season anyway. Well, if second place and a cup final is not good enough, um, where does it put Chelsea in fifth place in a cup final? Um that in itself sums it up. I'm not even going to go into Manchester City. Deserve a champion from probably November, um, as far as I'm concerned. They were the best team and, and, and won it by a mile and were by a mile the best side. Um, we will finish where we deserve to be. And you know, fifth, fifth is about right. If we get fourth, someone's given it to us, Liverpool. But uh, fifth is about right. And, you know, even Antonio Conte said it about a month ago, his quote is, um, you, you finish where you deserve to finish. I don't know that's a tongue-in-cheek remark, whether it was a dig at someone or whatever. Um, you get out of the season what you put in. Um, I actually feel that he hasn't put in, if I'm being honest. It's not the same bloke that's managing the team this year, um, who's managed the team last year. Whether he stays or not um, remains to be seen. And I know you'd like him to stay and, and so on, but um, he's shown two sides, an exuberant, flamboyant, you know, emphatic style in the first season, like plenty of managers have. Um, a sulky, bottom-lip job um, in the second season, which you know effectively went through to the players, as far as I'm concerned. And some are playing, some are looking to move on. Almost certainly, you can tell it in their game. Um, it's not the same as uh, Carlo Ancelotti, for example, in his second season, when he failed, when he just failed and got the sack. Uh, you know, he had a go. And it, it was a lot better second season for Carlo than it ever was for Antonio Conte, no matter what we do. Yeah. Uh, he was in the Cup final. So, you know, I don't know. Um, the answer is we need to improve whether Conte's the man to do it and it stays. But I don't think uh, his, his body language and his attitude this, this season would warrant him, him staying in the club. Mm. Give him another year. What are they going to say? If we have another year like it, he's going to act like a brat again and, and so all season and, and not do it. Um, that's the way I see it. I think he'll move and you know, we need to improve next season. But ultimately, we deserve where we are. And that will be whatever it will be. I think there's a, a very good analogy here, actually, mate, and I, I agree with you. You know, frankly, I, I think I think he'll go. Uh, and I should qualify what I mean when I say I'd like him to stay. I mean, what I mean is... I, I still think he is a super manager. Um, but what I would like, if, if if I wanted him to stay, I want the Conte of last season to stay. I'm not so enamoured of this season's version, to be honest. And I have a feeling it's very hard to, to step back from where he is now. I think once you go down that route and you start sulking, and I love your description of bottom-lipping it, 
it's very hard to come back from that I think and and my guts tell me that he will go although you know as I said Marco and I had a suspicion that he might stick around because you know it's unusual for for a manager in this position not to have been fired already uh, if you know going by history um, but I, I genuinely believe that inside there, there is still a very good manager and I don't see many who, who, are, who are much better than him. But uh, the analogy I was going to make really is actually very much with a player. You know, you can have a world-class super player, um, you know, who bangs in 30 goals for you one season. But if he throws his toys out the pram and sulks and doesn't want to be there, then quite honestly, you don't want him playing for your team anymore. You know, you want you want the player who, who who's fully focused and absolutely wants to play for the club 100%. You don't want a player who, who doesn't want to play for you, you know. And I think, actually, the reality is the same should apply to managers. And if that's the case, then, you know, perhaps it's time for Conte to go, mate. We will see. We will. We will indeed. But before that, mate, we've got the Newcastle game. So, just a, you know, just a bit of kind of uh, uh, just tidying up on that. Um you know, who do you think is going to play? I mean, is he going to play the good team or is he going to play the, the the squad team? I mean, God only knows. What is a good team? Uh, you know, the reality is he should be doing his job, the manager, and I'm sure he will. Let's, let's just get back on board rather than the tongue and tip stuff. Um, the idea is to prepare his team for this game and then the cup final. And, you know, at the end of the day, we play for four trophies each season. And one of the trophies is the FA Cup final. So you have one one eye on that. And it's not about resting the player for two weeks. Goodness me, come on, I don't want none of that. Um, you prepare the side correctly. If there's a booking, if there's a player run away from the booking or missing a game, you select and obviously you you know, things like that, you leave them out and all these situations, you don't want to pick up injuries and see might miss key players or give half a game or whatever. Um, the reality is we're still chasing Paul. He picks his best side when he thinks of the game. This is what should, should I believe, happen all season. Um, he will say, that's what I've done. So there you are. Uh, OK. Who will play? I don't know. I haven't got a clue. Um, I, I never expected the six changes last night. Um, if I don't suppose for one moment in any press conference it will be explained. It will be something like when I made changes, they need rest. You've already said they're tired. Goodness me, how, how bad. Imagine if they'd have won, won the trophy, they've still got a Champions League final, they'd have played two extra semi final, two more semi finals, they've got another game to play. Imagine that. Yeah. How tired them poor players will be. You know, <laughs> I'm not buying it, never will buy it. And uh, there we are. You know, it must be dreadful to be successful because you'd be really tired as a, as a professional footballer. I do not buy into that at all. I don't know who will play. Just a word. Bakayako turned up, uh, the real Bakayako, yes. who might be a good player in the future, by the way, yes. against Liverpool. Um, we haven't mentioned him. Um, I saw glimpses of uh, a possible powerhouse. He's not going to be a great, skillful, creative player. Um, but he might develop into a much better player than perhaps what we've seen in the first season. I've seen that from quite a few players in the age of for one. Um, so, you know, different positions. But I think Bakiaka just might. Uh, don't uh, be quick to prejudge him. Hasn't had a great season because he's replacing Matic, who's done pretty well at United. It was, a, it, it was a difficult task, and it is difficult. Don't give up on him yet. Don't give up on Batshuayi. Mm. So, and this is a strange one. Everyone's saying, what the hell is he talking about? Listen, I don't know, goals per game, Morata, Batshuayi, I know who I'd take. I'm not convinced about Morata. He hasn't done it once anywhere in his career. So I said this at the start of the season when all the hacks and everyone was saying Morata is great and this and all the rest of us, I'm not sure yet. And uh, I still remain. Now I've gone a bit more the other way. Never, ever done it. 
whoever bought him, you have to do your scout, you have to do your background. When he gets 30 goals in one season, it means he can do it. He hasn't done it yet. Um, we'll see. Don't give up on Batshuayi. Just he's only a young man. Might yep. just, might just. Not, not saying he's the answer, but I look around at other centre forwards in this country and even in Europe. There isn't an awful lot out there, you know. No, and and he knows where the back of the net is, doesn't he, Batshuayi? And whatever else might not be right in yeah. his game, he knows how to score goals. And at the end of the day. You score 30 goals in a season, nobody cares about what else you've managed to do or not. Um, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Bakayoko, I totally agree. Um, I, I think that the significant thing for me there is that I think he's more suited to playing in a you know a 3-5-2 than he was the 3-4-3. The three, three. Um, and, and I think that, that showed uh, against Liverpool. And, and yes, it does take time for them to adapt and hopefully... Uh, he's he's on that on that road, and we'll see see the best of him next season. Um, I, I dare I ask you to predict uh, Sunday's match? I, I, I've given up predicting Chelsea this season, but uh, I'm going to ask you anyway. <laughs> Anything from four uh, 0 as it is to to one three. <laughs> yeah, I agree, mate. Who knows? As always, we'll be watching it. Um, I shall be. Esconced in a pub somewhere in London, I think, watching this one. But there you go. Uh, no doubt we'll enjoy it one way or the other. Uh, me and Kerry will be back with you uh, next week uh, to uh, to talk about the Cup Final, uh, which is on the Saturday, and possibly the, the Legends match. Uh, are, you, are you going to the Legends match on the Friday, Kerry? I'm not in it, that's for sure. I've, uh, <laughs> I've played my first game recently, and, uh, yeah, I think uh, I've hung my boots up uh, finally. Um on them Legends games and good luck to all the Legends that are playing and my message would be enjoy it while you can it's uh, it's great while you can still get about the field and, and do what you do but uh, your, your body and father time tells everyone at some stage um, no matter what you do in life that uh, it's a little bit it's perhaps a bridge too far so uh, yeah. I certainly won't be playing but uh, I might well attend yeah, well I hope so mate because it's going to be a cracking evening um, I, I've heard that actually uh, the Chelsea lot are uh, taking it quite seriously they've been spied or spotted down at Cobham doing some quite intensive training so uh, it'll be a cracking night either way and a, and a lovely kind of uh, hors d'oeuvre to the uh, to the cup final the next day but anyway you and I will reconvene next week and talk about all of that uh, but in, until then have a great weekend mate and thanks as always It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.